It's now time for Talkin' Boxing with Billy C. It began as a podcast, went live on the net, and transformed into a full-blown empire. It's the only daily boxing talk show on the planet, hosted by the only guy with the balls to do it. Many have stepped into the ring. Many have tried to take the belt. And one by one, they've fallen. Another victim of the undisputed heavyweight champion of Boxing Talk Radio. Talkin' Boxing with Billy C is on now. My style is impetuous, my defense is impregnable, and I'm just ferocious, I want your heart. Live from the Billy C. Studios in Lake George, New York. I'm Bill Caliger, and it's time for the Billy C. Show. Good morning, good day, good evening. Whenever you listen, hope you're doing all right. We got a uh, final uh, breakdowns and predictions today for Triple G Canelo, uh, the big fight that's taking place on Saturday night. Today's show is being brought to us in part by Sal's Neighborhood Pizzeria and Italian Restaurant, located on beautiful St. Simons Island in Georgia. Check out his website, www.salsneighborhoodpizzeria.com. Or give my man a call, 912-268-2328, 912-268-2328. Find out why I go all the way to St. Simons to get a full, authentic Italian meal and pizza. Yeah, that's what I go there for. Check it out, salsneighborhoodpizzeria.com. Today's show is also being brought to us in part by Billy C's Triple G and Canelo post-fight show. That's right. We're going to be doing a live post-fight show as soon as the Triple G Canelo fight is over. When the official announcement is made, approximately six minutes after that, tune in right here, wherever you're watching or listening to this show, and we will be doing a live post-fight show. You'll get my thoughts and Sal's thoughts. We're going to have Larry Hazard join us. We're going to open up the phone lines and get your thoughts, so make sure you tune it in right here. And finally, today's show is being brought to us in part by my book, Tom Molino, From Bondage to Bettest Man on the Planet, is available right now where all good books are sold, and you can literally get a copy of this book right now by visiting barnesandnoble.com or amazon.com. Hey, looking for a signed copy? <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> Don't worry about it. All you got to do is uh, come up to me uh, at a live event, and I usually have copies. If not, hey, you want it right now? Don't worry about it. Go to the website, billycboxing.com, and click on the book. You can't miss it. It's taking up a uh, whole page on the on the website. So, um, Today, uh, Sal and myself are going to be uh, breaking down uh, the, uh, the big fight, uh, and we'll also uh, possibly open up the phone lines. And get, uh, get your thoughts on the fight uh, we've been talking about and waiting for for a long time. Um, I got some emails to read. And I also have some news. And th- this is kind of weird. Lucas Brown was offered a fight against Dillian White to fight on the undercard of Anthony Joshua and Cuba Pulov. Now, that fight is October 28th in Cardiff, Wales. And... Um, Lucas Brown's promoter, Ricky Hatton, says, I got an offer from Eddie Hearn, who's from Match uh, Matchroom Sports. He says, I got an offer from uh, Eddie uh, uh, exactly seven weeks out from the fight. 
I know why he does it. He protects his fighters and brings a lot of money to the table late in the day to give his fighters a maximum advantage. I don't think any of White's opponents since Anthony Joshua had a full camp. There's no one better in the business at the minute. There's no, but there's no one better at the business at the minute at working angles with the fans, social media, and getting the job done. But equally, we are in a position where we must do what's best for our fighter, and we decided not to bow to the pressure. At the end of the day, Eddie blown our minds with the money he offered, but then we had to consider is it worth the gamble for Lucas to fight effectively without a camp? This was not the case, and it was a long shot for us, so we turned down the fight. Without a camp, seven weeks before the fight? Joining me right now is my man, Sal Rocky Senecola. And as you can see, we got a a video of you, man. You're back. You're back. Unbelievable. I'll tell you. We're still without power, internet, and water up on the north end of the island where I live. However, I uh, did have electricity come alive. At the pizzeria, uh, not the warehouse, but the pizzeria is uh, up and uh, and about with its uh, infrastructure. We just got to clean up everything and get it all ready. But I'm here this morning at the pizzeria and the Italian Restaurante, and I'm ready to go with the show. Well, let me ask you, again, the question I, I posed to you, um, Lucas Brown turns down a, a big money fight. If you recall, Lucas Brown was a world champion, was stripped of his title because he was, uh, uh, they found out that he used uh, performance-enhancing drugs. And, uh, you know, he's trying to get back on on track here. And um, uh, they offer him a fight on the undercard of Anthony Joshua, which is a big, big, big uh, stage. Uh, We were talking about 80,000 people uh, sold out already. and he's got a, a, an offer to fight Dillian White, which is, which is a pretty competitive fight. A lot of money. Uh, Ricky Hatton made it obvious that there was a lot of money on the table. But he felt that he wasn't going to have a training camp. Seven weeks. They turned it down because they feel that he didn't give him enough time. Seven weeks. That's uh, in case you don't, don't bother taking your socks and shoes off, Sal. That's one week less than two months. What's your thoughts? Well, I can't tell you right now, but... Uh... <laughs> I can tell you what I think about it. No, let me tell you something. And I, you know what that high-pitched voice means. Uh, that's a mistake in my, in my observation. I mean, the guy's trying to market himself, trying to redeem himself, trying to get back into big-time boxing. He's got to serve to him on a silver platter. He's got to be in, I guess, uh, walk-around shape. I mean, the guy's, the guy's not, uh, not uh, disabled on any way, shape, or means. And if he's clean then he should be training. He should be running. He should be doing something. And seven weeks is is enough time to get ready for a world-class fight. If you're not in world-class shape in seven weeks, you're not a world-class fighter. I mean, I'm just saying this is something that he should be looking at from a standpoint that he was he was uh, uh, fined and, and, and discovered to have used the enhancement drugs. Uh, and now he's given an opportunity to be on a world stage, on a world undercard, and uh, against a very competitive fight, yes. But the guy should rise to the occasion and say, hey, this is my redemption time. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to get in shape, and I'm not going to overtrain because I only have seven weeks. And uh, I'm going to be ready for this fight. That's what he should do. That's not what he did do. No. No. I, listen, I have two rules I've always followed. Now, 
One is you never turn down a title fight. This isn't a title fight. But Lucas Brown uh, was a champion until they stripped him of his title. And you never turned. So, so you put an asterisk next to that because uh, for Dillian White, uh, a win over Lucas Brown would be good. And for Lucas Brown, a win over Dillian White is good. And you never turned down a big money fight, which this was. Uh, I think it's a mistake. I, you know, to me, uh, it seems like um, they're a little nervous to fight Dillian White. I, you know, I don't want. I, I hate to say that because in boxing, you hope that. You know, the fighters themselves are not afraid to fight another fighter. Uh, and, and then you start looking at the political landscape. You know, does it make sense? Is it worth the risk? Blah, blah, blah. And it's not like Dillian White is a, is a world beater. I mean, he's a guy on the rise. You would have to assume that Lucas Brown uh, is the more experienced fighter. He's had more fights. Um, I, I don't know. I disagree with this decision. I think they should have taken this fight. I think they would have had an opportunity to be on the big stage. And the winner of the fight, you know, if Lucas Brown and his team are confident that he can uh, get back on track, uh, then uh, then then a showdown with, with Anthony Joshua is, is a great potential. So I, I think this was a mistake. I, you know, I mean, the, the heavyweight division's got some slim pickings right now. And if you're just going to beat up the, the, the punching bags, I... I, to me, you, you can't continue to add value in a fighter unless they step up. We have some top fighters in the heavyweight division, and it's about time they start fighting each other, Sal. No, I agree with you, Bill. And you know what? He should he should have taken a fight. And you know what? I could see in a post-fight interview, even if he loses the fight, he could have said, you know, I did my best. I thought I could beat this guy, but I only had seven weeks' notice to train for this fight. Yeah, you know we made Joe. fun. We made fun of. Uh, we made fun of Billy Joe Saunders when he said, "Oh, if they give me eighteen months to train, I'll be ready." You know, eighteen months. You know, I mean, come on. But uh, anyway, I think It'd Ricky be a Hatton, freaking flyweight. I think Ricky Hatton made a mistake. Advised his fighter Lucas Brown uh, the wrong advice. But uh, anyway, let's get some emails out of the way so we can uh, uh, focus on uh, uh, breaking down and, and giving our final thoughts on this fight. Coming up this weekend, in case you haven't heard, Triple G and Canelo are fighting. Um, and by the way, I, I saw some, uh, you know, they had the arrivals and stuff, and I saw some photos and, and footage. Uh, they had the final press conference. Um, you know, both fighters standing next to each other, and, and I thought that, uh, I, I thought that, that um, um, Triple G was, was taller, you know, an inch and a half. It didn't look so much during the press conference, Sal. I mean... Um, it, it looks like he's slightly taller, and, and you can only really tell from the shoulder length when they're facing off. Um, but uh, but I, I'm telling you, I think Canelo's the bigger guy. Um, you know, everybody's saying uh, Triple G's bigger. I, I don't I don't agree with that. I, I think it's going to be pretty obvious in the ring on Saturday night who the bigger guy is. Well, we're going to see. I mean, the muscle mass and the body mass and the body, uh, you know, distribution of the weight. Uh, Canelo looks like he's the kind of fighter that can inflate himself to be few weight classes above where he is. Uh, Triple G, on the other hand, he does seem more compact and more, more. Uh, I guess, uh, how can you say? He, he's 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 built a little different, and uh, I think he's a good size middleweight, uh, certainly height wise, and. I think his distribution of muscle and body, uh, I think, is is fairly good. 
uh, like I said, some people have the ability to inflate their bodies uh, like unbelievable. I mean, even even me, I'm 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 a lightweight. I I, I walk around at 185, 190 pounds. Yet I'm still still thin. I just I got big thighs. I got I got uh, you know it's it's just how some people are built. Yeah, you got a big head. Your ego's pretty big. Well, I too. do, I do. You know, but you know, we, we put a little <laughs> bit of the bricks in there too. You know, just in case. I I, I um, you know, I, people. People forget that his last fight was super middleweight. So, uh, and I'm talking that about was Canelo. 154 pounds. Get no, that, my no, no. my no, that's my you. Fight. That's you. I'm talking about Canelo. Canelo's oh. last fight was super middleweight. You, you, you were super welterweight. Welterweight, Jun- junior right. middleweight. Junior just, it was just a super. That's what caught my attention. Yeah. Super. <laughs> you, you stopped listening. Super after, super guy. <laughs> you stopped listening after that, right? But uh, I'm sorry. Uh, anyway, the past. we got the. Uh, yeah, I know. I know that. Um, easy, easy. You're we making got, my table we got, shake. We got, <laughs> we got Jesse, uh, an email from Jesse. He says, hey, Billy C. and Sal, here's my breakdown of the fight. Canelo and Triple G will meet in the middle of the ring, exchanging jabs. Eventually, Triple G will try to pressure Canelo into the ropes. Canelo will welcome it with upper movement and rolling with the punches. Triple G will be cautious, like moving in and out, while Canelo is ready to counter and strike with combos like a mongoose versus a snake. This will be... F- this will be taking place for the first six rounds, but after eventually, uh, but after eventually, Canelo will start. I wish you guys, you know, this is the. I wish you guys slowed down when you're typing. I mean, I, you know, do you ever try reading it out loud what you type to me? I mean, you know, <laughs> I'm not excited, an, I, Bill. I'm not. I'm not an English teacher. I'm not. I'm not an English teacher or anything. But man, if I whipped out my red marker right now. But uh, anyway, he says, ready. Uh, eventually, Canelo will start throwing combos. On Triple G's body and face, there will be more clinching in the later rounds because of uh, of tiresome for both of the guys. But Canelo will work the body, then up to the face with a TKO in the later rounds. Uh, wow. Uh, Jesse's thinking that uh, Canelo's going to stop Triple G in the later rounds. Uh, he says, my other picks, Caballero over Diego. I feel Diego's inexperienced to date. Jojo wins, even though Rivera is has a pretty good resume. He's too young. Uh, your thoughts on Rivera, who actually beat Wilfredo Vasquez? Uh, how can Lara get hurt? Don't get it. Callum Smith winning a split decision over Sokolin. Monroe upsetting Saunders with a TKO. Um, you know, I, I think I, I I actually think in in terms of the Rivera fight uh, with Jojo Diaz. I think that's going to be a tougher fight for Jojo Diaz. And the reason why I think that is because Rivera's not a slouch. And he's in good shape. He was training for a fight that was going to take place um, you know, next week, actually. And Jojo Diaz was preparing for Lara. And I, I think the late sub has a, has a better... Uh, uh, although I had a roast beef sub yesterday, I, you know <laughs> I, I knew you were you know. going there. <laughs> hey, listen, hold that thought, Sal, uh, because we got to take a break. It's that time again. But uh, hold that thought. Uh, we will uh, we will be back here in a second, uh, and uh, we'll finish up uh, with that email and some more. So don't go nowhere. We'll be right back. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now. Or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. 
And we're back. You're watching and listening to the Billy C Show. Glad you could be here. And don't forget, we're doing a uh, post-fight show. Billy C's Triple G Canelo post-fight show. We will go live approximately six minutes after the official announcement is made Saturday night. So when you're all jacked up and you want to talk about the fight, come on over here. We'll give you our thoughts. And then we're opening up the phone line. So, hey, just a reminder uh, to anybody that's watching... Uh, uh, this show right now on a stream. Uh, we do have a chat room up on BillyCBoxing.com that we respond to and stuff. So come on over there. There's a great group of people in there. And uh, also, we've uh, kind of found a, a comfort zone on Facebook Live. The only problem is everybody that's watching on Facebook is not getting the full video show. If you want to see the full video show, come on over to BillyCBoxing.com or just go up to our YouTube YouTube channel. That's YouTube.com slash Talkin, T-A-L-K-I-N, Boxing, B-O-X-I-N-G. I'm here with Sal Rocky Senecola. And before we went to break, we were talking about uh, the uh, late-minute sub. And I, too, had a uh, late sub last night. It was uh, a roast beef and provolone. I threw some hot peppers on there, too. But uh, late sub, I, I think that Jojo Diaz, um, although I really like Jojo Diaz, I, I think he's I, I think he's actually going to have a tougher uh, fight against Rivera. Uh, and, you know, I mean, realistically, he's had a week to change gears. Does a fighter who's all of a sudden uh, has to face a different fighter do they change a game plan at this late of the stage? Do they stick to what they're doing? I mean, I, what goes through a team's mind when all of a sudden their opponent changed so late in the game? In, in such a big fight, by the way. Well, you know, Bill, I can only speak from my experience. You know, when you're a fighter preparing for a fight, you know, you have your foundation. You have your skill, your skill set, and you're ability to fight different styles is, is with you. It's an innate ability. And uh, whether you have it or not is, is what your experience along the path of your career has allowed you to share and to, to, to face. Uh, so having a late minute sub, even though you're preparing for one style, uh, you're conditioned well, you're, you're doing everything else that you can to prepare and to win the fight. Uh, I think it's just a matter of, uh, you know, how late in the stage of the game you know you just maybe get a sparring partner or two that that can emulate this uh new style that you're going to be facing and uh you just work on some things the best you can and when you go in the fight you're you're ready you got your foundation you got your 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 skill set and you've got your your ability to still overcome and, and and change up your style to beat another style i think uh i think this is where your corner really comes yes. into play sal because I think that the pressure, if, if I'm, and I'm not a trainer, but if I was a trainer uh, and, you know, I was involved with this team, I think I would, and, and let me know what you think on this, I think I would go business as usual and then kind of, you know, with the game plan, make, make my adjustments during the fight after I see what we have in front of us. Uh, but I would try to keep the fighter calm. Hey, don't worry about it. You know, we're going we're gonna to stick to our game plan. I mean, what's your thoughts on that approach? Well, I think that approach is very smart. I mean, hypothetically, if it was a scenario, you're saying, hey, guess what? You've got the tools to beat this guy. You know, his style is a little different in this way. Instead of doing this, we're going to look at this. So let's just go in there, feel him out. 
Uh, you fought this kind of style before. Uh, he's going to be tricky with that. He's going to look at this. He might slip over there. So we're just going to be ready for it. We'll take an eye. We'll look at it. But you, you're, you're capable of beating this guy, and you're going to do it. You know, you, you make it a positive. See, that's the whole thing with fighting. You make any negative, you take it. It's like the fight or flight syndrome. You take any negative you may face, and you bite it, you crunch it, you spit it out, you say, hey, that's a positive. That's a champion. That's a fighter. That's a body. That's a, that's your mindset and soul. You know, you, you you face the odds. You don't care because you could beat those odds. That's your whole life is predicated on beating odds and beating the, 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 the opposition. And the whole thing is, like I said, you have any negative in your life, any negative in your path, you turn it around, you bite it, chew it up, and spit it out, and you make it a positive. That's it. That's all you do. You're making me hungry here. I, with hey, all you this know, let me up. tell you, I haven't had a good meal in days. <laughs> <laughs> you sick of tuna fish. Right? of tuna. Thank, I feel thank, like a cat. Th- thank God you had a can opener. <laughs> but uh, uh, anyway, as far as uh, uh, Jesse's pick, uh, I, I agree with him with Caballero over uh, uh, Dago uh, De La Hoya. Dago De La Hoya has been uh, uh, protected. He hasn't fought anybody, really. And his last two fights were against decent opposition. And I'm not saying above average. I'm not saying good. I'm just saying decent. And he kind of struggled. So, uh, Caballero is a huge jump up in in, uh, in competition for him. I think uh, Diego uh, De La Hoya uh, is uh, going to be in some trouble. Um, as far as the Callum Smith over Sokolun, that's a tough fight to pick. I, I too, will lean towards Callum Smith. And, and it's funny that Jesse says that uh, Willie Monroe will upset Billy Joe Saunders via a TKO. I have a feeling Willie Monroe is going to upset Billy Joe Saunders as well. I'm not so sure about a TKO, uh, but maybe he has to win by a stoppage. But I have this feeling that Willie's going to upset him as well. Uh, so uh, I'm, I'm kind of with uh, Jesse on that. As far as uh, uh, his prediction with Canelo and Triple G, I'm... I'm I'm pretty interested. I, I'm surprised that he thinks that Canelo is uh, going to wear down Triple G. Um, I, I, I hold my thoughts on that uh, for a little later when I give my official breakdown and prediction. So uh, thanks for the email. Great email. Jesse, uh, we got uh, one more. I uh, got one more email here. Uh, and then uh, we're going to take a break. Alex Papali is going to join uh, Sal and myself with his thoughts on the fight. But. Uh, this one's from my man, Mitch, my main man. He says, ah, oh, Billy, you got us good today. Right when you get mad at Sal and you tell him, I'm tired of you being politically correct, all this BS. It's time to speak the truth, damn it. And Sal starts to talk, and then whatever he says was was out. He says the, the uh, audio cut out, then it cuts back to him, and he begins to say what he was going to say, then it cuts out again. He says, uh, do you remember what he was scared to say bluntly on the air before you told him to say it? Eager minds want to know. It had to do with Canelo's age and Triple G's age and if Triple G needed a KO or not. Anyway, uh, uh, on a side note, he says it got heated between Monroe Jr. and Saunders. Uh, as much as I want Monroe to win, if Triple G wins, I hope Saunders uh, wins too so that they fight. Uh, this is the kind of uh, crap talking that uh, – will sell the Triple G fight. He'll play the bad guy role. Uh, and uh, uh, G's good boy, of course. G will go to Sanders in home time. Uh, I guess Saunders will play the bad guy role. Triple G the good guy. Triple G will go to Saunders home time to fight him. Be a great fight on the road, hostile territory, etc. Uh, Triple G with 36 years old facing another guy in his prime. All odds against the old man. 
I'd love it, and I'd even pay for it. Um, I, you know, Billy Joe Saunders, whoever wins that fight between Canelo and Triple G, they got to make the Billy Joe Saunders fight. I, I just think that the problem with Billy Joe Saunders is that he outprices himself. And, you know, he, it's the same thing that's going to happen with Joseph Parker. And if uh, if Anthony Joshua and Deontay Wilder unify those t- all those titles, I, you know, these guys with the, with the final belt, I think they overprice him. I still stand to my opinion, Sal, that when a fighter gets to a certain level, um, uh, you know, uh, p- public-wise, et cetera, et cetera, they don't need the belts. And I think that, you know, what becomes more important is for those, the guy that's holding the last belt to step up and fight. I think he gains more to do that than hold out for the money. What's your thoughts? Yes and no, Bill. You know, the belts still signify a champion, and uh, they're still credible on that level for the fans and the average fans' uh, ability to follow them and to, to think that this guy is who he is or who he, who he says he is with the championship belt. But when you look at the experience, you look at the, a, a fighter and what he's accomplished and where he is in, in, in his career of being on top, yeah, I see that you know you, you can still hold the credible reputation. And the fans, if you have the fans that adore you and everything else and they're going to follow you, belt or no belt, they're going to pay to watch you. And uh, I, I think it, it depends. It's really predicated on the fighter, his persona, and his ability to draw his fans to to any event that he can he can follow and hold and fight. Well, again, you know, you trying to be too politically correct. You 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 said the same thing on both sides. The bottom line is, I can see both sides. Yeah, but but you I, I you have admitted, sides. but you have admitted to me many times that there's too many friggin' belts. I mean, there's too I, many you know, belts. There's I mean, too many belts. It so, is. So so when, it's, it's so when you have too many belts, when you have too many belts, the value of the belts go down. So my point yeah. is simple. You know, if, if there's a guy and he's got one belt, and you have another fighter that's it, like like a great example is Triple G against Canelo. We all look at Triple G as the world middleweight champion, but yet. You know, the promotional group, uh, specifically De La Hoya, they're trying to promote uh, Alvarez as the linear champion because he beat Sergio Martinez as the ring magazine champion because he's got the ring belt. You know, and and they're trying to make it like he's a champion too. And yes, he was a champion in, in other weight classes, including the middleweight division, but he's not the champion going into the fight. And it's the same thing with the WBO if Billy Joe Saunders wins. He shouldn't be holding out for money. If he wants to prove he's the best, fight the guy. If not, Triple G doesn't need Billy Joe Saunders. No, he does not. And you know what? You're going to have to give Billy Joe Saunders 18 months to prepare for that fight. This is true. But even Canelo, even if Canelo wins, whoever wins the fight, um, they don't need Saunders. I, you know, no, no, listen, Billy you Joe can't... Saunders is small potatoes compared to these two guys. And, that, and if that's the end result and everything else, yes, you are absolutely right. A belt in a picture between Billy Joe Saunders, Canelo Alvarez, and Triple G, it has no relevance or no bearing. You know what? Because Triple G and uh, and uh, Canelo Alvarez, as far as I'm concerned, are the two best in that weight class right now. That that are and we're going to see the two best fighting the, each other this Saturday. So it's it's great. That, and, and there doesn't need to be a belt to have the draw drawing power. B- Billy Joe Billy Joe Saunders is irrelevant in this whole situation. Yeah. He he really is. He happens to have a belt. I have a couple of belts too. You I even you right even now. got a belt. You know, I, I I know. You know, so I I mean come on. 
Hey, listen, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, we are scheduled to have Alex Papali. And Alex has already got me pissed off. He's already agreeing that that uh, uh, Canelo Alvarez is the linear mil- middleweight champ. Come on, Alex. Billy C. will be right back. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now. Or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're listening and watching the Billy C. Show. Glad you could be here. And don't forget, join us for the Billy C. Triple G. Canelo Alvarez post-fight show. Yes, we will be going live approximately six minutes after the official announcement is made Saturday night. So tune it in here, right? Wherever you're watching or listening to the show, you'll get our thoughts. And we'll open up the phone lines to get your thoughts. Um, you know, I, I, joining us right now, and, and man... I, what a bromance going on! I'm sitting here watching these two guys. Sal's uh, scanning his uh, scanning his, his his restaurant for Alex, and they're throwing kisses at each other. And uh, you know, you know, Alex already got the bad end of the, the deal with me right now with the linear champion BS. I mean, come on, man, Alex, you really? I mean, can we really give him credit? I mean, come on, the, that linear championship it meant so much a while ago, but. Uh, how can it possibly mean anything today? Well, I think that, um, it's one of the, the few things that we have to cling to that's, um, you know, a, a connection to history. Um, and like, you know, we uh, had that pleasure uh, at, the, uh, at the Hall of Fame um, a couple of times to uh, shake the hand of the man who fought the great John L. Sullivan. That's right. Boxing is cool about that, where it has those connections uh, and the linear title, of course, uh, connects uh, you to previous generations, previous title holders through combat. Um, that's the best way. And yeah, it's um, it's been certain, certainly sullied by Golden Boy's behavior um, by you know picking fights and avoiding um, Triple G. But uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to this weekend because we will. Uh, no matter what happens, we will be able to say this is the undisputed middleweight champion uh, as well as the linear middleweight champion. Well, I don't know, Sal. Uh, you know, after we were looking through the contracts, I wonder if Oscar De La Hoya and Canelo are actually putting the linear championship on the line. They might not even be having that on the line. They might say, hey, this fight's for every title but that linear one because we want to hold on to that. I mean, <laughs> uh, you know... You know, the linear champion, I mean, what do you think, Sal? The linear championship meant something uh, a long time ago, but the way it's it's divided now, and, and technically, the undisputed champion, we can't even really say because Saunders, just before we went to break, Saunders has actually got a, a belt. I mean, that's my whole point about these belts. Well, you know what, Bill? And Here's what blows my mind. I mean, I think the linear championship belt became apparent in the late 80s. I don't know. I could be wrong. I had no idea what what it stood for, what it was. To this day, I really don't know what the linear championship belt means. I mean, like I said, I'm a simple guy based on your merits <laughs> if you're a fighter. 
there's a, there should be one championship, one world championship belt. If you want a United States or a country belt, there should be another one. Hey, well, uh, hey, Sal, Sal, I don't yeah. mean to interrupt you, but why don't you ask the guy that keeps going past the window and stuff with his <laughs> with his pack? I, I, we, he's he's I getting more that, camera the time. I, I know he's, the lawn service is here from. What the hell's wrong with you guys? Uh, you know, I, like listen, what, what's wrong with you guys? I'm ready to go all, in the all these people, with this all these people are getting camera time on here. I mean, give me a break with all the camera time. You got lawn guys, camera time. You got guys behind you with camera time. I mean, all this crap, man. I don't get it with all the camera time everybody's got camera time on this show i don't know man it's pretty funny <laughs> anyway too many belts linear titles i don't know man i don't know but uh so alex let's hear it man what's your official prediction how's this fight gonna go who's gonna win how why all that stuff um i'm very excited for this matchup uh i think that um the, in terms of like other previous uh, matchups where you have similar guys going at each other, uh, you, I kind of can't help but think of um, maybe Delahoya Mosley, the first one, and um, Trinidad Vargas. Now both those uh, that was welterweight and one fed fifty four. So this is one sixty. The the fireworks are going to be more. Both these guys have. Um, you know, knockout power. Both of them have withering body punching ability. I was ringside for when Triple G took out um, Matthew Macklin with a with a shot to the liver, uh, and that was a scary one punch body shot. Since then, um, Canelo's body punching has just increased. He's taking guys out with one punch at 154. I think that. Um, Two years ago, like I was saying yesterday, two years ago, this was a much easier fight for Golovkin. I think he has faded just a bit. Your reflexes do uh, as you get older. Um, and I think uh, Canelo has come into his own, uh, both his body and um, just his ability. He's, he's seen a lot of different styles in the ring. I think this is going to be a really good fight. Uh I like Canelo to win a close decision. Um, I hope they do not, I hope they go all out and do not choose safety first. One of the things they mention in one of those HBO face-off, uh, I think it's called Under the Lights actually, is that they're both facing, they both agreed they're facing the most dangerous opponent they ever did. Sometimes that results in guys being a little cautious. I hope that isn't the case. So you're predicting what a split decision, a majority decision, or just a? a... I, I, I'm sorry, yeah, a seven to five fight uh, in Canelo's favor, and I I kind of am going that way because, uh, like you were saying yesterday, um, boxing is like life, and things usually break in the direction of the powerful. Uh, in this case, the powerful promoter is Dela Ho is Golden Boy. The power, the power uh, uh, fighter in the t guy who brings that huge audience is Canelo. So, yeah, unfortunately, I think if it's close, um, it's going to break in his favor. I like Canelo to win a 7-5 to five decision that is probably a little controversial. Yeah, I, I, it, 
what's going to happen if it, go, the, it goes to the scorecards? I hope, I, think. I hope for a knockout. Oh, yeah. No, a, a knockout makes it, you know, no question. But if it, every close round, and I hate to say it, but it's true. Every close round is going to go to Canelo. Um, you know, I, I think that Triple G knows this. And, uh, well, I'll, I'll get into my thoughts on, on that stuff in, in a few minutes. But, um, uh, you know, I, I I agree. If it goes to the scorecards, uh, Canelo's probably going to get the nod. Uh, a lot of confusion about the titles with this fight, fellas. And, uh, um, you know, uh, yes, they are billing Canelo as the ring middleweight world champion. Uh, they are billing him as the linear world middleweight champion. Um, Triple G's got all the other belts except Billy Joe Saunders' belt. Um, as far as I'm concerned, I think Triple G is the middleweight world champion. What do you think, Sal? Well, of course. That's how I feel. I feel that Triple G has been and will be the world middleweight champion. Uh, I just uh, First of all, Canelo Alvarez hasn't had that, that much time in the middleweight division to claim he's the champion of the middleweight division. So whether you're linear, whether you're uh, I it just it just I in my mind see Canelo Alvarez and uh, Triple G a great fight, but I do see Triple G as the middleweight champion. Well, hey, don't forget there's the other belt is on the line too, fellas. The uh, WBC Super Duper Bobby Boopy Beebity Bobby Boop belt that, that they uh, that they're putting on, and it's just going to be curious uh, because if you guys recall, uh, Canelo Alvarez got all mad at the WBC for stripping him for not fighting Triple G. Uh, so he claims that if he wins that belt, he's not going to take the WBC uh, title, and that title will become vacant. And I'm wondering if he's going to take the WBC super-duper-bippity-boppity-boot belt that they created for this fight. Um, it is just ridiculous with the belts, and that is one respect that I do agree with you, Alex, that I wish that the linear title was just that. You know, when the guy who beat the guy, end of story. It's hard to, to label Triple G, I mean, uh, Canelo as the linear champion, even though he did beat uh, Sergio Martinez. But since then, he, he, he has not fought the top middleweights. And as a matter of fact, he's fought in other divisions since winning that title. So that's a hard one. That's a hard one. Uh, Absolutely. But, but but remember, we, ha we of course, have a precedence for this, like everything in boxing uh, history repeats. And remember, this is it's kind of like what happened um, when Michael Spinks had beaten Larry Holmes twice and become the heavyweight champion and then was semi-retired, only fighting once a year, once every nine months or so. And at the same time, Mike Tyson was making his meteoric rise up through the heavyweight division, and he picked up all the belts, the alpha belts. Um, but uh, Michael Spinks still had the linear championship from beating Holmes, the man who beat the man who beat the man. So Mike Tyson went into, remember, um, Spinks made a big deal. Butch Lewis and Spinks made a big deal about that. They kept calling themselves the people's champion. At one point, he sat in the back row of a um, of a Tyson fight to like make a point like that was the best seat he could get because he's sort of being locked out of the heavyweight title. Of course, like in in boxing promotion, everything is is wrapped up in um, you know people put their own spin on it and lie about it and stuff. And like I said, what Canelo has done with it, 
um, since winning it from Cotto uh, has, has sort of sullied it a bit. But he is the man who beat the man. And I think Golovkin, like Sal said, I agree. Sa- um, Golovkin is the guy who is is more the people's champion in this case because he's beaten all the top middleweights. Um, Canelo has been taking this sort of champion's option um, to sort of handpick who he wants to fight, move up and down in, in weight, catch weights, all that kind of stuff. So this that's what this is not uh, cool about is that we'll at least get an undisputed middleweight champion at the end of this, hopefully. But if, like I'm saying, is correct, um, it might be a little disputed because um, there will be people on both sides shouting that they think their guy won. Not I think one of the factors, remember, Triple G throws a lot of punches. Um, that could be that could help him in terms of uh, getting a decision, of course, because Vegas likes a busier guy. Well, you know, I, I tell you the truth. Good point. Um, I think that uh, I, I think the winner of this fight clearly is is the world middleweight champion right now. Uh, in my opinion, Triple G is clearly the world middleweight champion. And one last question, Alex. Um, we were talking about Billy Joe Saunders before he's fighting Willie Monroe. I, I actually think Willie Monroe is going to upset Billy Joe Saunders this weekend. But um, should Saunders win, I have a feeling he's going to hold out and demand too much money. And my question to Sal was, you know, is, is it does it matter? I mean, uh, you know, is he is he foolish to do that? I don't think that that belt means anything for the landscape of the middleweight um, division, except for Billy Joe Saunders to say he's a champion. I mean, for all intent and purposes, the winner of this fight uh, is going to be regarded as, as the world middleweight champion. And just like I regard Triple G as the world middleweight champion right now, I, I think it's more advantageous for Billy Joe Saunders to come in uh, realistically and, and fight the winner of this. What's your thoughts? My thoughts are the same, Bill. I think that definitely Billy Joe Saunders, I mean, he, he's in a game playing playing cards, and, and the bottom line is uh, Canelo Alvarez and Triple G have the winning hands. And uh, uh, I regard this fight after Saturday night, whoever's going to win this fight is going to be the middleweight champion. And uh, Billy Joe Saunders, he's had a low profile. I haven't seen much of him. I haven't heard much of him. Just just, uh, just uh, a lot of rhetoric from his camp. But the bottom line is, if he's going to want to be relevant in, in this division, and if he's going to want to be uh, something special, he's got to step up and he's got to face these guys. And the bottom line is, whatever belt he has, uh, I, I have no regard for uh, after this weekend. What do you think, Alex? Uh, I, in a way, I hope Billy Joe Saunders wins that fight only because um, we've already seen uh, Willie Monroe versus Golovkin. Um, you know, if if Golovkin wins against Canelo and Monroe beats Saunders, then the idea of another Golovkin Monroe, you know, we've already seen it. Yeah, um, but he would have earned but, it. Uh, he he would have. I I mean, see, I. I understand your point, and I bet you a lot of people would say the same thing. But you got to look at it at the other side. I mean, all three, uh, everyone that's that's involved with with this show, we all agree that uh, you know rematches are good. Fighting, yeah, uh, lo- I, lo- yeah you're right. Yeah, and I'm losing, sorry. And lo- I, I, didn't mean, I didn't mean to like. No, no. But what I'm saying is, like what I'm saying is, is losing a fight sometimes is is a good thing. A fighter becomes better. I mean, we we've been saying this about Canelo himself with the fight that he lost to, to Mayweather. You know, he improved after that fight. So if, if 
if Willie Monroe was able to beat, um, uh, if he was able to beat Billy Joe Saunders, doesn't he earn that shot? Oh, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And you know, and, and that's the thing about this it is is just like um, in terms of the importance of belts. It's always fighters that make belts, in my opinion, anyway. Um, you know, granted, a belt itself uh, brings uh, history uh, because it connects itself, you know, with the prestige of the uh, of, of that division. But of course, it's the skill and the ability uh, and the behavior uh, of each cha individual champion that makes that belt worth something at the time. Um, so yeah, I think that. Uh, the winners of both those fights of Billy Joe Sanders versus Willie Monroe and Golovkin Canelo will have been proofed by what they went through, of course. So, so the matchup then would be different. You're right, um, but I do, I do think that Billy Joe Saunders is going to come out of that one on top. Um, but uh, it, it should be good. I think things got. Uh, I saw. Um, I did not look at the video, but I think things got a little heated at the uh, weigh-in or uh, final presser the other day between uh, Billy Joe Saunders and Monroe. Yeah, it did. And, and you know, I've seen Willie Monroe fight a, a bunch of times, ringside, and I know his team pretty well. And, you know, one of the knocks on Willie Monroe is that he's a defensive fighter. But the difference with him is that he does have pop. And not only does he have pop, He's got some hand speed. You know, it, it, he's not going to win on decision. I think he knows that. I think he knows by going into Billy Joe Saunders' backyard, he's not going to win on decision. So maybe we're going to see a different game plan from, from uh, William Monroe. Maybe he is going to come in there and, and try to go all out, uh, thinking that Billy Joe Saunders uh, can't really hurt him. He has been in there with some punches, including Triple G. Billy Joe Saunders, not so much. So, uh I don't know, man. I have this strange feeling that William Monroe Jr. is going to win that uh, win that title. Then he's going to probably fight a defense somewhere, not the winner of Canelo Triple G, and then maybe have a showdown. I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, that's just my thoughts. But uh, uh, anyway, Alex, I appreciate you taking some time and uh, uh, stopping by. We're, we're going to be looking forward to you fight night, man. We know uh, you're going to come on and uh, give us your scorecard and Hopefully there won't be a trail of tears from Connecticut here to Lake George with uh, with the decision. But uh, I have a feeling it's not going to the cards. I have a feeling it's not going to the cards. Uh, you know, I hope you're right. And uh, um, watching, because uh, I watched 24-7 last night and I watched that. Uh, I think it's called Under the Lights, Canelo versus uh, Golovkin. Um, and uh, they do, you know, they both seem like they're both bangers. Um, so yeah, you gotta imagine that um, this is um, not going the distance, and, and I'm I'm excited for that. The other thing that, and, and I think Sal, this is a good one for you. Wouldn't it be nice if, because I think so many times we've had this has happened this year when you have these really great sort of pinnacle matchups where two of the top guys in the division and arguably pound for pound guys in the sport are clashing rather than a 12 rounder why not have those matchups be 15 rounders their tv is not going to be involved so it's pay-per-view it could run as long as it wants you know it doesn't have to fit 36 minutes 
So um, I think it would be helpful. It'd be less likely to have a controversial decision. Twelve rounds, it's six and six, you know. Uh, it's an even number. If you go in 15, wouldn't the odds be more likely you're going to get a, um, a, a decisive decision? Well, Alex, you know, I'm all over that, and, and you are 100% correct. And, Bill, if I can, uh, allow me to say, you know, I'm a big fan of 15-round championship fights. And, I mean, it used to be known, declared, that the championship rounds are the 13th, 14th, and 15th round. That's where the metal meets the road. Rubber? Rubber meets the road. Metal meets the road. Hey, that's another one. But if the, the rubber meets the road, you got to draw upon yourself. And those are the championship rounds, no matter how you look at it. When they call this, I, I still laugh today when they call, well, we're going into the championship rounds, round 11. You know? <laughs> I mean, you even have non-title fights at 12 rounds. So, no, I'm a big fan of bringing back a 15-round championship boxing match. That, you know, I, I, I can't emphasize that enough. Uh, those are the way they go, especially with these two guys. Here's the, the fact. These guys have a pop on their punch. These guys can take a good punch, and these guys have egos, and these guys have that character, that will, that in, that determination. They're not going to quit. And, in fact, I see if they don't get knocked out cold, uh, which is unlikely, uh, and if it does occur, I think it will be coming from Triple G. But the bottom line is if they don't stop a fight by being knocked out cold, I see a referee having to intervene and say, hey, that's enough, that's enough. Because I don't think either one of these warriors are going to say quit. They'll be on their feet, bleeding, standing, getting eight, eight counts until they re refuse to, until they, they uh, resign the fact that they're not going to win this fight. Alex, I appreciate you coming on, my man. And uh, we'll be looking forward to you uh, next week. Another blast, man. Hey, great. Oh, hey, I just, if I could just throw one thing in there. Hey, Sal, I don't know if you guys, if uh, both of you guys heard. Um, for the Wall of Fame made me think of it. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Frank Vincent died last night. Uh, an actor who played very recognizable oh, mobsters. Su he, Sopranos. He, died he was so well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in uh, Goodfellas, he was yeah. Bill and in Sopranos, he was uh, Phil Leotardo. That's right. My That's right. gosh, I can't believe Frank Se Vincent died. Seventy-eight. Philly Seventy-eight. 78. Oh, man, I loved him. He was something else. And let me tell you, I uh, I do a little trivia, Bill. I don't know if I can run over and, and say this for a minute, but uh, I used to uh, do a trivia. I said, what three famous actors were in the same, uh, same were, were all stars in, the, in movies, three different movies? And uh, Frank Vincent took a beating. They were probably the, the th three best beatings on screen. And, you know, my answer was, the first time I saw Frank Vincent was in uh, Goodfellas, where he was Salvi, the guy that got, uh, uh, no, he was Billy Bats. He was Billy, Billy Bats. Bats. Yeah. Billy Bats. He was go, Billy go Bats. Go home and get your shine box. Go home and get your shine box. He played <laughs> such a great, and you know who, who was with uh, uh, Vincent in that movie was my good friend and great guy from Little Italy, Cha-Cha. Johnny, who has a restaurant down there, he passed away, unfortunately. But Cha-Cha, uh, those of you from Little Italy and, and uh, fighters, uh, he used to uh, manage, I think, Tony Danza, good friends with Bobby Chez, myself, and 
he was just a great, great guy. He did a great job with uh, a lot of roles in movies, and he was one of the guys at the bar with Frank Vincent there uh, uh, while he was uh, throwing those vet uh, threats and saying, hey, go home and get your shine box. Classic. Another one where he was, and he got a beating of his life, was uh, by Joe Pesci, was in The Raging Bull. I think that was the first time I saw him. He was Salvi in The Raging Bull. Uh, he got his head, remember, caught in the car door, hey, the taxi cab. At least, he kept banging his head. At least, at, least we, at least we turned it back to the sport of boxing. I appreciate it. We did. And then hey. the last time those three were together was in a movie, Casino, when uh, Joe Pesci finally got his with a bat from Billy Bats, known as uh, the guy that did it. <laughs> so, thanks so for they the movie, were, they, thanks they, for they, the movie they, trivia, Sal. We appreciate it. Alex, we we'll look forward to uh, the blast <laughs> from the past, and we got to take a break, fellas. So, Alex, uh, good luck and have fun watching the fight, and we'll talk to you uh, on Saturday night. And right, uh, guys, we will you. be uh, taking a short break here, and uh, I am going to break down and give you my predictions. But first, we are going to take a break, and rumor has it, the infamous Jeremy C. will be joining us for a minute or two, so uh, don't go nowhere. Billy C. will be right back, part of the Billy C. Boxing Network. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now, or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy, Billy C. C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're listening and watching the Billy C. Show. Glad you could be with us. And speaking of being with us, despite Sal trying to disrupt everything going on, uh, we got the infamous Jeremy C. And it looks like he's playing around with some of our new things, man. Hey, when's that going to be? When are you going to introduce that to us, man? No, no, no. This is this is just for me. Oh, oh, oh. I mean. <laughs> no, I'm just I'm just playing. We'll get you going. All right. I'm learning as I go here. Now, remember, I remember, Sal, last time we saw him, it was just this. We know what that it really is behind we know him. It was it's a that sad ass, it's that sad ass green, ride. that green shower curtain. He's got, oh my God, look, look, he's even got Sal back there. Sal's oh, custom Billy C. Mugs. Yeah, I saw, I, I saw Sal, uh, w- you know, waving his camera around the restaurant again. He What's what, he <laughs> selling stock in that restaurant to everybody that comes on the show today? Hey, that's it. I should go public. Yeah, no, no, you should go mute. We should just mute him. <laughs> I'm going to be selling ad for behind the infamous Jeremy C. $5,000 per ad, 10 seconds each. That's it. Look, Bill hey, paid for his ad. There they, you go. That's right. That's right. No, that's good. That's cool. <laughs> hey, Jeremy, I know you're uh, real. Uh, you're, you're, you're batting a thousand. <clears throat> well, depends which way you look at it uh, with yeah. your fight predictions. And I know you're really looking forward to this. And now that you've dove into the pay-per-view world and you've shelled out some coin, you know, this is a real fight this weekend. Of course. Um, I, I, my question is, are, are you buying it? Um, not this time. No, no. Big mistake. Big mistake. Yeah. And and can we can we can we force you to give us a prediction? Uh, what was your prediction again? No, I didn't give mine. I'm giving oh, mine okay. as soon as we kick you to the curb. What was Sal's? Sal, Sal, who knows? Sal is, he's too busy showing everybody his restaurant. You know, he's too busy getting, getting, he's too busy with whoever's out there with the blower, uh, getting in front of his window, getting on camera. 
I got no problem taking a peek at Sal's restaurant because I'm starving already. So I'm always fine with anything with food, you know? Yeah, well, it's not helping me. I'm starving, too. Well, well you change. <laughs> oh, God. Sal's mugs, call now. Yeah. Do you have right. a prediction, Jeremy C.? Okay, who's who's fighting this weekend? Mayweather? Oh, is that? <laughs> That's what I like about Jeremy, Sal. He's so up. He's almost, You know what? He's up almost as much as you are on the sport of boxing, I'll tell you. You're right. You're right. You You're know? right. Absolutely. You know what, Bill? I, I don't want... a week behind. Listen, listen here, here's the thing. The last time I made a prediction, I was very wrong, obviously. And your fans harassed me for weeks, so I just don't know if I want that kind of pressure. You well, know, I, I mean, it's a fifty-fifty shot. The last prediction take you a made. Stab at it, yeah, Jeremy. I mean, the last, the last prediction you made. Uh, you, you predicted a guy that had virtually no chance in winning, uh, but at least this time, Triple G against Canelo is a fifty-fifty fight. All right, I'll, I'll, I'll make my uh, prediction here. Wait, this before is- you make your prediction, you want me to give you the Vegas odds? No, nah, I don't care about Vegas. The Vegas, oh. they don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. What's, what's your prediction? No, without the odds, uh, we're going to go Triple G on this one. That, and that's from all my extensive research listening to Talking Boxing with Billy C. Hey, okay. Well, now that you've officially picked Triple G, can you give us uh, some examples of why you feel he's no, going to win? No, why are you going to do that? I'm not the, you're the boxing guy. You scratch want me to do your job? Why don't we? You want Wait. me to do your job? Fine. Then you go edit the website. You go make some fancy promos. Uh, oh, okay. All right. All right. I just was thinking maybe you had some reason. I thought with all this. I thought we were going to do some fart jokes. Uh, That's what we usually do when I'm on, you know? Oh, boy. Here we go. Uh, I, I, I thought. We just maybe, got down, knocked down a notch. I, I thought maybe you, you know, did a little research. You know, I thought maybe Sal was holding was, up predictions for you. You know, I was, I was too busy working on the green screen. Uh, I see that. I see that. No, it looks good. It looks good though. It looks good. Look at the gloves. They kind of look like testicles. And, and, and you seem to be, me, you seem to be all dressed up today too. What, what do you, what well, do you got to go somewhere? No, you know what? It is? Listen, here's the great thing about the fans. They don't realize. Or this. is that it's a green, green screen too? Or is, are you yeah, actually in your feety pajamas? It's a picture. It's a picture. Here's Here's the great thing about being on Talking Boxing with Billy C, live from coast to coast. You don't have to wear pants, just a nice shirt. That's it. You don't even need pants. I'm not even wearing shoes. Oh, God. You, get, you let the cat out of the bag because uh, a lot of times. Billy's not time- wearing pants. <laughs> Sal's not wearing pants. Alex wasn't even wearing underwear. Talking Boxing with Billy C. That's right. You're uh, right. You're funny guy. You're right. Let me you're- give you a hint. I don't see anything green behind you. That's because it changed to this. Anything green is right here, baby. Yeah, he was he was telling me, uh, Sal, that he was experimenting with it. He says, hey, I almost went on live the other day, but I was green. Yeah. <laughs> Every once in a while, if the light catches my forehead just right, you can see right through it. That's yeah, not working right now. I see the green. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> Jeremy, you let the cat out of the bag, man. I, no now, pants. Now, now everyone Monday knows that, that no you don't. Pants. You don't have to. You know, you don't have to. You know, even when I wear a jacket, you know, I'm wearing a nice jacket, nice shirt. Mm, who, who knows what's That's under? It. Who knows what's below this That's table? It. That's you know? it. Oh, but, hold on. Uh, I got to change another light bulb. Hold yeah. on here. Oh, there we go. Right, easy. Okay, Sit down my head. Get out of here. Oh, God. Get out of here. Sorry about your coffee, mug. <laughs> <laughs> you almost knocked it out of my hand. I'm tearing down the fourth wall. Oh, jeez. Well, I tell you, um, it is uh, just so you guys know, <clears throat> since we could get back on track here just for a sec. Uh, Wait, triple are you G, to excuse me of knocking us off track. Tri- 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 triple just- Triple G, Triple G effect. I mean, Triple G uh, <laughs> is a slight uh, 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 favorite. <laughs> 
well discombobulated now. Uh, he's not, a slight favorite uh, over uh, Canelo, uh, minus one sixty uh, to uh, to win, and Canelo's plus one forty. That's what the Vegas odds has uh, for this fight, which, to be honest with you. Is fairly close considering a lot of fights these days. Um, the odds are, are all skewed, so uh, interesting to see that the odds makers in Vegas are leaning towards Triple G. Might have been because of Jeremy C's pick. I mean, you might have you might have been the swear. You never know. Stranger things have happened. Right, <laughs> Alex. Alex is in the chat room saying, "Can you do weather for us too?" At that point. <laughs> Yeah, just give me a week, Alex. Come yeah. on. Don't hey, expect miracles, don't, you know? Hey, we still got him working on our, our revisited video, so please stop giving Jeremy other jobs to do so he kicks <laughs> ours to the curb. You know, exactly. but, hurricanes uh, out of it. Yeah, yeah. But uh Yeah, yeah, I can do the Billy C weather. It's gonna take a while because we're coast to coast, so I mean No, we don't know. we don't need the weather. Forget what Alex since when does Maybe Alex we'll do have like a, a Billy C weather channel? Since, you know? since when does that <laughs> another channel no listen let's focus on this one hey you know what <laughs> we are going to introduce uh, uh, a segment that Jeremy's going to do and uh, it is going to uh, be you know uh, unusual things in the sport of boxing and Jeremy's actually psyched for that tell us a little about that Jer yeah we're going to be uh, you know taking boxing related stories but they're not so much about the fights because let's face it I don't know sh anything uh, but, you know, we're going to kind of just dive into some of the uh, the more like entertainment-y kind of TMZ-type stories about uh, your favorite fighters. That's all I got, Bill. <laughs> I was just, just going to say, can, can you elaborate a little bit? But you had to throw in, that's all I got. Uh, let's move it on. Right? See, let that be, you, say, 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 let that be a lesson to Sal. That's all you got to do, right, Jer? I mean, that's, hey, uh, you listen, know, if you, if you get in. It, just throw you know, it out. Yeah, that's it. Fight, hey, it's that's like all I, I got. Say. Back you to you, Bill. You know, I, but it's like I always say, you got to just get in. You know, you do your thing, and then you get out. That's you right. Know what I mean? It's like what I always say. Wherever you are, no. <laughs> See, Wait, Sal, no, Sal says it so many times. Sal screws yeah, it up I mean, so many times. Knows that. Sal screws everybody. it up so many times that I just screwed it up. No, wherever <laughs> you go, there you are. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's it. I just did this one on the fly. It's going to look a little funny, but. There you go. Oh, oh, yeah, oh yeah. my oh, God! Yeah. That, that, you want to play? That's Oscar De La Hoya. Hey, that's hey, that, that's so, that that. You no, know, I cannot picture Oscar. When I picture Oscar De La Hoya, you guys ruined my image forever. I picture him in those fishnet stockings and, and that little thing. I it ruined my whole image of Oscar. I, I'm scorned for life. I'll never see him mano de mano anymore. Jeremy, Jeremy has that effect on people. Uh, they meet him. He they sh he shows them some stuff and they become scarred and for that, life. And that, yeah, they're scarred for life and they never come on the show or uh, you know, work with Billy. Yeah, ever. well, we are. Hey, hey, you know what? We might be bucking that trend. Nobody would De La Hoya, but. Uh, uh, we might uh, we might be bucking that trend, but uh, oh, let me know who that's with, Bill. I'll no, 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 part. that's okay, that's okay, Jar. But uh, uh, people are we're already saying it sounds like a cool segment, and <laughs> uh, sounds like a <laughs> cool. You giving an uppercut, you know? Yeah. Look at it. I don't know. I don't know. You know, uh, the, the our ratings go up, Sal, and then Jeremy comes on and all kinds of things. Why happen. do you keep inviting me on? Then? I, because you come on and go. I want to come on. I want to come on. What, what, do you, what do you mean? Inviting you? Is that what we? Is that what you call that? You know, I, you, you you went in the chat. You said you want to come on. I said sure. I got no pants on. Let's do this. Well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wasn't the before the thing Jeremy C reporting for duty? Isn't it? Is it? That just means I'm here. Oh, oh, oh. Okay. All right. All right. 
All right, I got it, I got it. Okay, oh, yeah. Boy. Hey, say hello to the bad guy. I'm the bad guy, you know. <laughs> say hello to the bad guy, you know. I mean, come on. But uh, Hey, Jerry, all, all seriousness, that looks real good, the green screen. Can't wait till we have it. Okay, Sal, yeah. just so you know, Jeremy's been working on that for our Boxing Revisited, so uh, we can... Uh, uh, have <laughs> so we could so we could, I shouldn't even be saying it. Jeremy's been working on that, Sal. So me and you could be wherever we want and make all the viewers <laughs> think we're someplace important, you know. So uh, you know, sort of like what they do on ESPN. So uh, we're there happy about that. Hey, you know what? With the unlimited budget that Jeremy C has tossed into the ring here, it's it's great. It's great. Good Please stuff. Treats me like it's like when Floyd was, you know, making it rain all over McGregor. That's what Bill does every week. Money yeah. just shows up. Yeah. FedEx. He yeah. FedEx his cash. Right yeah, that's, that's that's me. That's me. It might be monopoly money, but he, he I do throw it at him. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I I keep telling you, Jeremy, save those orange ones. They're gonna be worth something someday. Yeah. I tell you. Yeah. I tell you. I'm hoping to buy Park Place pretty. Soon. They, <laughs> Hey, that reminds me. You still owe me for those nine hotels you've got stumbled across, you know? So, uh, anyway. Hey, Jeremy, I appreciate you coming on, my man, and uh, we'll be talking to you soon. No problem. All Sounds right, good. Have a good one, guys. Take care. Take care. That's uh, the infamous Jeremy C. joining us. But, uh, anyway, hey, listen, I'm going to give you my breakdown and prediction uh, of uh, the big fight, unless you want to go first, Sal. You know me. I, I like the counterpunch, so I want to see what you uh, what you got to say. You sure? I mean, because I'll well, be glad. I, you know, I, I think you you have a whole you have a beautiful dissertation, and I'm curious to see how you're going to dissect and integrate whatever input you you want to try to make a fight or make a make a stand for who's going to win this fight. I think ultimately it's going to be Triple G, and I'll explain it later. But uh, right want to explain it now? Go ahead. Give it. You're on. You're on, kid. Break it down. Oh, jeez. Here we go. You tossed me the softball. Hit uh, it. Hit let it. me see if I can say this. Well, here it is. You've got two world-class fighters. This is the collision that's inevitable. That is finally going to be without with us. And you know what, Bill? I forgot to say. I don't have internet. I don't have TV. I don't have electricity. I hope they turn it on by Saturday night so I can buy all this stuff. Um. Uh, and I want to see this fight more than any other fight I've seen this year so far. And I love what Larry said yesterday, Larry Hazard, great Larry Hazard. Uh, boxing is back. This has been the year, as I said earlier, in the earlier years, it's going to reboot itself. This is the rebooting year for boxing. And uh, we've been uh, fortunate enough to see some great competitive fights. And this one uh, signifies that whole statement right here. This is probably going to be the fight of the year in my opinion uh you got two world-class fighters uh arguably at the peak of their careers and you have the you have the young unabashed fighter that's fearless in canelo alvarez and you've got the experienced wise wrecking machine uh in triple g and I think their styles are going to make explosive uh, action for us to witness. And they both have a do-or-die personality and character and heart. Uh, as I said, I, I don't see either one of these guys getting knocked out cold. Uh, and if it's going to be stopped, it's going to be by the referee having to weigh in and say, hey, you know what, I, you got the heart of a champion, but I'm going to stop this fight now for your own safety. And, you know, you have, I often say a fighter is only as good as his last fight. Predicated on that, we saw Canelo Alvarez 
really in with a body punching bag when he fought Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. Uh, and for that fight, I, I didn't see any offensive offered by Julio Cesar Chavez. Uh, I think Canelo Alvarez did whatever he wanted to do when he wanted to do it. And he looked like he was just in with a punching bag. Uh, he did everything he had to do. He looked stellar. He looked great. And was it because of that style that, that uh, uh, Chavez clammed up and just was a punching bag on the ropes? I don't think so. I think it was just that the style that he had nothing to answer. He was. I don't think Chavez ever rose to the occasion to see the best Chavez. Uh, and I certainly think that if he was ever going to show the best he could be, it was going to be at that fight, and he didn't do it. So, yes, Julio Cesar Chavez, uh, I hope we don't see him again. But uh, Canelo Alvarez, he looked fabulous that fight because he was in with a punching bag that offered no offensive. That's why he looked so great. Now... Triple G's last fight against uh, uh, Jacobs. Um, I think he did a great job. I think it was a tough fight. I think it was a grueling fight for him. I think he was in with a bigger guy, uh, a puncher, and a guy that could sustain a, a, a good amount of punishment. I think Daniel Jacobs offered a lot of facets for Triple G to negotiate and have to change up his style to be effective enough to win. He's been in these kind of grueling fights, even with Kell Brook. He... Uh, he was just a heavy-handed fighter that, you know, he, he cracked the guy's orbital bone. I mean, what I see in this fight is greatness out of both fighters and not any kind of give-up, do-or-die situation. These guys are going to last, and these guys are going to win both uh, in their character to, and pursuit to want to be the champion. So with all that being said and all the rhetoric and all this, I see early rounds, early exchanges in the middle of the ring, a little bit on the ropes. I see Canelo Alvarez trying to land some body shots, trying to uh, uh, be quick and, and, and offer some good offensive against Triple G. I see Triple G slipping some shots. I see Triple G just having those heavy, heavy hands that no matter where he lands that punch, whoops, he's going to hurt Canelo Alvarez. I don't think Canelo Alvarez has been in with such a heavy puncher before. And I think that Triple G has been in the ring with some heavy punchers. So that's why I give the advantage to Triple G sustaining any heavy shots that Canelo Alvarez could deliver and being ultimately the one that's going to wear and tear and break down Canelo in the later rounds. And I see if this fight does go to a decision, I, I could see Canelo Alvarez squeaking out a close one. But otherwise, I see this fight being stopped by the 12th round. Um, by the referee, because I think that Canelo Alvarez is going to be having to take the storm of Triple G's heavy hands and just breaking him down and being in defensive posture. And uh, ultimately, uh, if he doesn't crumble, I think that the referee is going to step in by the 11th, 12th round and say, hey, you've had enough tonight. You'll come back and have another chance, but there's not this tonight. So your official prediction is what? Triple G by knockout? My official prediction will be Triple G by the 11th round with a stoppage, a TKO. All right. I'm, uh, That's my I'm, official prediction. I'm and right. You know I, what? I, I, I've, record, I, I've recorded it. I see it being a great fight. I've recorded it. I've, I've, I've recorded your prediction and uh, Alex's. And uh, what did, who did Jeremy pick again? He picked, uh, I think he picked himself. 
I forgot. <laughs> I picked his I, nose. You know what? I think he picked his nose. <laughs> uh, I, um, I think he picked Triple G. I think he picked I think Triple he did. G. Uh, that's not a good sign for Triple G, but uh, no, no. All right, Saul uh, Canelo Alvarez against Triple G. Here's the way I see it: it's a fight that we've all looked forward to for quite some time. Um, Saul Canelo Alvarez being billed as uh, the linear middleweight champion of the world, and also currently the Ring Magazine champion of the world, which is the same. Um, you know, some interesting things uh, about. Uh, Saul Canelo Alvarez, we talked about amateur record. Canelo Alvarez, like Sal said earlier in the week, uh, a lot of Mexican fighters have a limited uh, amateur record, and then uh, they pretty much learn on the job as a professional, and that's exactly what Saul Canelo Alvarez did. Um, he turned pro in 2005, uh, and in his fifth professional fight, against a very uh, marginal opponent in Jorge Juarez. Uh, he struggled and was awarded a draw in that fight. Um, five years into his career, uh, he fought the first, what I call, above-average uh, opponent. And um, that was Lovemore Nadu. Even though Nadu had seen better days, uh, as his two fights after that, Ryan Rhodes and uh, Matthew Hatton. But uh, of his 49, uh, actually of his 51 professional fights, I feel that he's had 11 fights against tough opposition. Love more to do. Um, uh, Shane Mosley, Austin Trout, uh, Floyd Mayweather, Alfredo Angulo, Urslandi Lara, James Kirkland, Miguel Cotto, Amir Khan, Liam Smith, uh, and uh, Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. I, and I say those last two reluctantly, but you know I, I want to give him credit, even though um, you know you you could make an argument, uh, you could substitute. I mean, Josito Lopez is a quality fighter, but he was uh, you know came in uh, uh, fighting a much bigger guy. Um, Saul Canelo Alvarez is a textbook fighter. If you look at um, just a, a, a picture of a textbook stance. You very well may see Canelo Alvarez there. Um, you know, he's very textbook. He's been trained well. Uh, he delivers his punches correctly uh, with his whole body in them. Um, his loss to Floyd Mayweather, I feel he learned from that fight, uh, and he kind of changed his style. Uh, his promoter changed their outlook on how they wanted to move Canelo. They, they became a safety first. But Canelo, deep down, is a true Mexican warrior fighter, like Sal said. This is a guy that fights with his heart. He wants to prove his best, that he's the best, just like the old school fighters have, by proving it in the ring. Um, you know, the business side, uh, he has uh, reluctantly, in my opinion, uh, put that in the hands of Oscar De La Hoya, and he has let Oscar De La Hoya uh, drive that bus and so far it's been a very successful uh, route in terms of financial gain etc etc and 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 publicity and notoriety um, when I look at Saul Canelo Alvarez he's a vicious body puncher um, he's eight years younger than uh, Triple G uh, on the books he's a one and a half inch shorter at five foot nine uh, all of a sudden they're trying to say he's even shorter than that he does have a half-inch uh, reach advantage uh, over uh, Triple G. 
Uh, he's fought 14 more fights with uh, a quantity of 51. And believe it or not, even though he's eight years younger, he's had uh, 181 more rounds than Triple G uh, with a 67% knockout ratio. Uh, like I said, I feel he's fought 11 top-notch fighters, and he's got a record of 10-1, and one, losing only to Floyd Mayweather. He turned pro in 2005, actually one year earlier than Triple G. The thing about uh, Canelo Alvarez is he's fought mostly at junior middleweight uh, and welterweight even. Uh, he has moved up to middleweight, although all of his middleweight fights were at catchweight, if you recall, 155 pounds. And then he uh, passed by Triple G and fought at super middleweight to fight Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. and uh, went the distance with him. Um, the thing about uh, uh, Canelo Alvarez is if you're in front of him, he can destroy you. Uh, the knock on him is that, uh, uh, you know, he seems to have tired in the later rounds, although in his last fight he tried to prove a point that he didn't tire and refused to tire as he wouldn't sit down between rounds against Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. Uh, and showed that maybe he has corrected that in camp. So we'll see on Saturday night if he does run out of gas. He did not run out of gas against Julio Cesar Chavez Jr., but you could make the argument that in most of his previous fights, he did seem to slow down in those middle rounds. Uh, rejuvenate himself and then and then come on in the later rounds I've said this many many times the one weakness that Canelo has and you know his strengths are, are he's got a good jab he's got decent hand speed uh, he's strong he's got a good chin he works the body he's got good leg movement uh, he's got good head movement uh, you know all those things positive but the one negative thing that I see is that when he attempts to throw punches on the move, he lands with no authority. Only great fighters that are uh, movement-oriented fighters can land punches, effective punches, on the move. Canelo seems to not been able to uh, do that. Uh, as a matter of fact, he has a, a, a habit of needing to plant both of his feet uh, and stand in front of his opponent before he can inflict damage. And that's what he's done up until this point. I haven't seen him not be able to inflict damage uh, on his opponents without, you know, basically planting his feet and being in front. Now, when you take a look at Triple G, he's currently the world champion, in my opinion. He holds the IBF, the IBO, the WBC, and WBA belts. The only belt that he does not have, well, I guess the only two belts he doesn't have is the WBO title and the Ring Magazine title. Uh, like I said earlier, he's eight years older uh, than uh, Canelo. Uh, however, he's got 14 less fights and 181 rounds less uh, at 35 years old. He had a much more uh, extensive amateur career fighting world-class fighters. But in my opinion, he too has fought, um, you know, 10. Uh, Canelo has fought 11, but uh, Triple G has fought 10 uh, better-than-average upper-level fighters. And uh, beginning with Kasim Uma uh, in 2011, also five years after he turned pro, Kasim Uma, you can make an argument, uh, wasn't a top-level fighter, but he was. Uh, wasn't the best at that time, but I give uh, Triple G credit for him. I also give him credit for beating uh, Prosca, uh, Gabe Rosado, Matthew Macklin, Curtis Stevens, uh, Daniel Giel, Martin Murray, David Lemieux, 
Kell Brook, and in his last fight, Daniel Jacobs. So I think that the level of opposition that these guys have fought, with the exception of Floyd Mayweather against uh, Canelo, uh, has all been pretty equal. With that said, Triple G, in my opinion, is the best ring general that the sport of boxing has seen in the last 20 years. I have never seen a fighter um, that's able to cut off the ring like Triple G does and anticipate where his opponent is going to be like Triple G does and kind of heads him off at the pass. He totally controls the fight. Now, in the past, we've seen him do some stupid things like let his opponents throw punches at him and stuff like that. Um, he seemingly can take a punch. But the one thing that I did notice uh, in the... Uh, uh, Daniel uh, in the Daniel Jacobs fight is that he seemed to be bothered by some solid body shots that Danny Jacobs landed. Uh, this is going to be a critical thing uh, when he steps in the ring against Canelo Alvarez. Um, but I think the telltale here is the weakness. Uh, if you want to call getting hit in the body a weakness for Triple G, so be it. If you want to call a weakness for Triple G, with fighters who have movement. We saw, even though they both lost, even though all three of them lost, uh, Daniel Jacobs, uh, Kell Brook, and even Willie Monroe, all exercised movement in the ring against Triple G and had some success before Triple G broke them down and won. Um, and Daniel Jacobs, the only one of the three names that survived uh, without being stopped. Uh, so, you know, the two weaknesses that, that Triple G has, uh, fighting fighters with movement, and uh, possibly uh, shots to the body. With all of that said, I think the weakness that's going to come into play the most is the one I've been saying all along with Saul Canelo Alvarez. His weakness of needing to stand in front of his opponent, plant his feet, and let his hands go. This is perfect for Triple G. Triple G needs a fighter to do that so he himself can unleash uh, his arsenal of punches. How do I see this fight going? Well, I see this fight being one of those memorable fights that we're going to be talking about for a very, very long time. Uh, I think it's going to be a classic, and I think the people are going to be screaming for a rematch regardless of who wins this fight. Uh, I personally think that this fight may not even have any feeling out rounds. Maybe a little bit of the first round, but I think that this fight is going to go into war mode very quickly it's a fight that triple g has wanted and it's a fight that canelo alvarez needs so i, I think the implications for this fight are humongous um we all know we talked about it earlier in the week that all of the uh concessions have been given to uh canelo i think that's a motivational tool for triple g even though i honestly don't think either one of these guys need motivation but if you're gonna uh motivate somebody i think the motivation uh is uh more for triple g uh yes he's older yes he's baby he had a baby daughter just born uh you know you could say that he slowed down a bit all these things but at the end of the day this fight is going to start off with a bang. It might start off uh, one minute uh, or even two minutes of the first round, a little feeling out. But the first round is going to uh, conclude action-packed, as will the rest of the fight while it continues. My official prediction on this fight is I think Triple G is going to win the fight. I would have said that Triple G was going to win the fight easily if you asked me the question a year and a half ago. I had a real hard time picking the winner of this fight because I truly believe that it's a 50-50 fight. And I do think that if it goes the distance, Canelo's going to win on the scorecards. I do not think that Triple G can win on the cards. I do not think he will get a fair shake 
in Vegas, uh, and I think he knows that. I think his trainer knows that. I am predicting that Triple G is going to win this fight by stoppage, whether it's a TKO or an all-out knockout. I think that Canelo Alvarez uh, will be uh, in there uh, with a guy that he has never seen uh, the power uh, of, uh, of Triple G. And this is the fight that Triple G has waited for. And I don't care if he's slowed down. I don't care that he's 35. He's going to rise up for this fight. I'm predicting Triple G by stoppage. That's it, Sal. That's, I, I think we're in for a big fight. That's all I could say. You know, I, I think we can concur on that. We, uh, you know, there, there's a difference with, you know, we could spend time maybe maybe just volleying the, the, the questions and some things across about this fight. This fight is going to be stellar, Bill. I, I, I cannot see this fight being anticlimactic. I, I just see this, this fight being everything that you've said it is and everything I've hoped it to be. And I think it's going to be a tremendous fight. And, you know, the age difference. I started to say before we got cut off yesterday with the with the ins and outs, and one of the uh, uh, fans of the show emailed the same thing. Age comes into play on both levels for both fighters. You have in an older fighter, you have the experience. You have the kind of mentality mindset. I've arrived. I know what to expect. I have I have the ability to and the experience behind me to make the decisions of what I got to do here to win. And you have in Triple G, like I said, you have in both these fighters a no quit, no nonsense, no bull kind of mentality mindset. There is no quit in either fighter, uh, and that's why it, it's going to be a stoppage by the referee. But with the older mindset, I think you have the maturity level that uh, he's going to figure this out. He's going to be more cool, calm, and collective. He's got that controlled rage where he knows he's going to be in the fight that, he, that he's been waiting for. And, uh, you know, in the young, unabashed mindset of a 20-something-year-old, of a you've got fearlessness. You've got, you've got nothing's ever going to defeat me, stop me, mentality and mindset. And, uh, you know, that sometimes could be somewhat naive. It sometimes could be somewhat fulfilled as far as, hey, this is me. This is who I am. So both fighters are going to use what they have and that what there's, their innate ability will allow both those things going for them. That's how I see it with the age difference. The big difference, as you suggested, is a heavy-handed fighter. A fighter could be a hard puncher or could punch hard. But with the Canelo Alvarez, I don't think he's felt the kind of heavy hands that Triple G is going to lay upon him. And it doesn't have to be on the chin. It doesn't have to be necessarily on the body. It could be on the shoulders. It could be on the biceps. It could be anywhere else. Uh, these heavy hands that Triple G has are going to be a devastating blow and I think the first time he lands a heavy-handed punch on, on Canelo Alvarez, Canelo's going to say, wow, okay, this is the power I've heard about. I don't think he's going to clam up and say, oh, my gosh, what am I in with? No, he's going he's gonna to learn how to deal with it on the spot, and he's going to try to avoid it. But I think that those heavy hands, like we were saying, of Triple G are going to wear down, break, and make this fight of a triple G victory. And, 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 uh, and I, I want to comment because another thing I want to make, uh, and I, I agree with you, 
I, I also think when he gets uh, when Triple G lands a heavy shot, and, and if he does stun Canelo, I think Canelo's uh, you know persona is going to be to try to mano on the mano. I think he, instead of trying to recoup, I think he's going to try to come back and maybe make a mistake. Like, you know, if he's not 100%, if, if, a, if a punch hurts him, he's going to try to come back and, and say, oh, that didn't hurt me, and, and try to come back and attack uh, Triple G uh, when he's not 100%. And that might be the downfall for him too, Sal. You know, so, uh, you know, I think, uh, I think the, that feeling of a thudding punch uh, might do more damage than just the punch. It might uh, it might do some damage uh, from a mental aspect uh, aspect as well. Well, see, and you just relayed exactly what I was saying between the mindset of a young unabashed fighter and and a more experienced, settled, uh, arrived, kind of calm with himself kind of fighter. And Canelo Alvarez, like I said, either one of these fighters, fight or flight, they're going to take the negative and make it a positive. So as you suggested, I could see that. I could see Canelo Alvarez taking on a, a big shot and wanting to say, hey, forget about it. You didn't hurt me. Let me show you. And then, boom, setting himself up. That's the mindset of a young uh, warrior who, who uh, hasn't been popped or hasn't been hit the way that he's going to be hit. And like I said, Bill, we know what heavy hands could do. I mean, you look at the heavy hands of Roberto Duran, the heavy hands of Aaron Pryor, the heavy hands. These guys are heavy hands. I shook hands with both these fighters. I had good hand size hands as a lightweight. They were heavyweight hands. I saw clubs on these guys. And and the same thing with Joe Frazier. I shook his hand. It was like shaking a catcher's mitt. These guys, that's a heavy-handed fighter. And they use their body, their torque, their whole thing behind that punch. And I just feel that Canelo Alvarez has not been hit by the force of what Triple G is going to offer him Saturday night. And he's gonna he's gonna question it. And as you suggested, yeah, he's got that young warrior mindset. He didn't hurt me, and he may leave himself open at that time. Either way, it's gonna be a great fight. They're asking me what round. I don't think this. I think this fight will end uh, round ten or less. Round ten or less. Um, Triple G coming out the victor, and uh, you know Canelo's gonna cry for a rematch, and uh, Triple G is gonna give it to him. And then what happens after that? I don't know. But uh, um, I, I had said the other day, I would love a trilogy here. You know, a Triple G wins, then Canelo comes back and wins, and then they have a trilogy. The, my only issue is, you know, the re one of the main reasons, first of all, I love both fighters. But one of the reasons I want Triple G to win is to finally get this guy the credit he deserves. For some reason, yes. um, you know, it's clear that other fighters have avoided him. Uh, you know, uh, risk versus reward, the danger factor, et cetera, et cetera. And then also some of the fans, specifically Floyd Mayweather fans, who won't or refuse to give Triple G any credit. And I think by beating Canelo Alvarez, you're going to have to give him credit, whether you like him or not. And the other thing it's going to do is give him some, some uh, maneuverability in terms of contract negotiation. All of a sudden, he's going to be the driver's seat and, uh, you know, he deserves that. I think he's paid the price and he's paid his dues. And I, I hope he's, he's using all of that. You know, I, listen, my favorite story in boxing, uh, an essay written by uh, uh, London, Jack London, 
and and it's one of the things that really got me hooked on the sport at a young age. I think in sixth grade or something, I read this essay called A Piece of Steak. And basically, and if anybody ever wants a copy of it, let me know because I have it in Word format. I'll be glad to send it to you. you just drop me an email. But, um, but the bottom line of this story uh, is, uh, is youth versus age. And when you have age and you, you have the experience and you know what you want to do and et cetera, et cetera, you learned from, you know, the ground up, there comes a point in your career where all that experience, which is so helpful and important and valuable, goes out the window when you're in there with a young fighter that can overcome deficiencies in their game because of youth and that is one thing that Canelo has going for him if it's true that Triple G has lost a step if it's true that 35 year old uh, versus a, a 27 year old is going to make a, a, a big difference in the ring uh, it's going to come into focus on Saturday night Abel Sanchez the trainer of Triple G made a great point he said, you know, look at it this way. And I mentioned it when I broke down the fight. 181 rounds less. Uh, Triple G has been in fights where he's destroyed his opponents. Knocked them out. No wear and tear on his body is the way they look at it. He's still 35. But from a boxing perspective, not as much wear and tear on his body as they feel Canelo has on his. Uh, which is interesting. And the, fact, and the fact that Canelo really dehydrates so much. This is another aspect of why I'm picking Triple G. Canelo Alvarez has one of those bodies, like a lot of Mexican fighters do, that they're able to dry out and make weight and then rehydrate and gain 15 or even 20 pounds by fight night. If they get on the scale, I would not be surprised if Canelo Alvarez is the bigger man weight-wise on fight night. But I also think that that takes a toll on your body. The question is going to be, which takes more of a toll on your body? The 35-year age or the torturous rigmarole that you've put your body through like Canelo Alvarez has by drying out, fighting more often, uh, or at least having more rounds under his belt, more fights, etc. All of these things are going to come into play. So when you look at the age factor and you say that, you know, hey, Triple G is eight years older, I don't know if it's, you know, cut and dry, black and white, as just being eight years older. I think the fact that Canelo has tortured himself to make weight, um, not, not that he hasn't been able to make weight, but just that his body is able to dehydrate that much to make weight, I think that takes its toll. He might uh, be a guy that's 27, year, 27 years old, but his body may be more aged than 27 because of, uh, you know, the, the pressure that he puts on his body. So a lot of interesting factors, Sal, and it, it's all going to equal one thing, a great fight on Saturday night, and I'm just glad it's almost here, my man. Well, you make some great points. Great points, Bill. And, and you know, I'd be surprised if uh, Canelo Alvarez is under 170 pounds by fight night. I, I think he'll probably be over that. Uh, I think Triple G will be probably between 160 and 166, and uh, which uh, I think is fair to say because he always keeps in shape, and that's his comfortable weight. Um, so 
you made some great observations there, and you know you got the young unabashed champion in Canelo Alvarez, and you got the wise, older, experienced uh, uh, champion in in, uh, in Triple G, and and you know to say that uh, Triple G is at the twilight of his career, I, I think he's got about three good wars in him left, including this one. Uh, uh, I'm not one to judge or say, but I, I, I think he's he's done it all. He's proved it all. And with that, when I say has wars left, I mean that's mentally getting up for the fight and finding the opponents and everything else. Uh, Canelo Alvarez, I see he's got another 10, 15 fights in his future. Uh, so I don't know if any of that's going to come into play. But like I said, on, a, on an experienced level of a triple G, I'm sure he's approaching this fight like it's his first one with the anticipation and enthusiasm and, 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 and eagerness and also approaching it like this might be his last one. Let me go out a warrior that I am and make a big shine and make a big, big statement. So, you know, I think, I think uh, that's where the maturity level on a 35, 36-year-old may come to be uh, advantageous for him. Um, but it's going to be a war. I'm telling you, this fight, Bill, we, we, we are going to be blessed to see. I'm, 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 so, uh, I'm so excited. Well, I highly recommend that any everybody out there buy the fight. It's definitely going to be worth it, and it will be a fight that we'll be talking about for some time. Don't forget, programming note, we will not be doing a live show tomorrow, but we are doing the Billy C, Triple G, Canelo Alvarez post-fight show. Make sure you tune it in right here, wherever you're watching or listening to the show, uh, approximately six minutes after the official announcement is made on Saturday night. Uh, I will give you my my thoughts of the fight. Sal will uh, give you his. We're going to have Larry Hazard on. I'm sure uh, Dax Khan and Alex will call in. Uh, and uh, then we'll open up the phone lines, and uh, we'll want to hear from you. So it'll be a late night for all of us, but we'll be here for you. Uh, so make sure you uh, tune in there. So listen, until you guys tune in uh, Saturday, and you know the uh, channel, and you know the bat time, uh, we'll be waiting for you. So uh, until then, ciao, baby. Da na 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 na